So it was this constant perfectionism, this stress of, of that placed upon me. And when I got older, I started to discover that I was actually playing for the expectation of my father and not for the love of the game itself. And I realized that in itself was in fact breaking my spirits and it was not fulfilling who I was. And I found myself pulling away from that world and connecting to friends that had access to another world, which was bull riding. Bull riding just felt right for me. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back, guys, to another amazing and very exciting episode of The Superman Life. As always, guys, before we kick it off here today, let me just remind you who we are, what we're doing here. My name is Frank Rich, host of The Superman Life, and this is the only show, gentlemen and ladies, that is dedicated to helping men overcome their challenge and addiction with pornography. But ultimately, our mission and our purpose here is to help you remove barriers in your life unlock your potential and step into that life that you know each one of you is meant and intended to be living. And guys, today we have an amazing conversation. We have a powerhouse of a guest here, somebody that I've only been connected with here uh, for a short while. Uh, but as it's been happening here regularly, uh, we just get into these conversations and just blown away by the insight, the wisdom, the perspective, the paradigm challenging views that this gentleman has on life, has on success, has on high performance. So that's what we're gonna be unpacking here today, guys. We're gonna talk about what is high performance? Why is it a label that we all seem to be chasing? And how can we define whether it's being elite, whether it's being peak performer, whether it's being a high performer in our own life? And do we all have the potential to be truly elite? I think that's something that we all need to know. Like, are there levels to this game? Like, are certain people set up for more success than others? And how do we know in our own life, in our own journey, what that means to us? We get into coaching and, uh, you know, this, 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 this guest here that I'll introduce here in a moment, uh, describes himself as the performance accelerator. And that's kind of come out of this massive hole that, uh, that we see currently in the coaching and, and personal development space. So we kind of unpack that there for you a little bit. We talk about overcoming your fears and leaning into challenges and seeking adversity, seeking conflict, seeking challenge on a daily basis, why that is required, not just for success and principles, but ultimately living a happy, fulfilled life. Like why do we need to seek out adversity and seek out challenges because you know i love to talk about meditation and uh, wiley who's our guest here today created a concept known as high performance meditation so we talk about that we talk about bodybuilding and breath work and so much that we get into today guys but my guest on the show here is none other than wiley mcgraw wiley is a former star pitcher competitive bull rider and three-time tour combat veteran now it was through his own intense experiences that he discovered his crazy superpower of being able to expose blind spots erupt and eradicate stress and fully unleash the untapped potential of high achievers. Now, Wiley is the founder of Radical Performance Acceleration. For well over a decade, he's been working behind the scenes, doing life-altering work with CEOs, entrepreneurs, leaders, and public figures, accelerating their performance both personally and professionally. Now, his work has been defined as the proverbial Navy SEAL training, equivalent to high performance and leadership development, pushing even the elite beyond their limits. So they not only can hit their peak, but sustain it. Wiley's former title is Performance Accelerator. He's been named a secret weapon by some of the most influential leaders across industries from Wall Street, Hollywood, professional sports, Fortune 500 companies, personal development, and everything in between. His work is about giving the lead edge to high-achieving individuals while enduring, while ending their cycle of stress, sacrifice, and suffering that's all unfortunately associated 
with reaching their levels of accomplishment and success. Now, when Wiley is not traveling the country to meet his clients, this family man enjoys skydiving, mountaintop sunsets, and sipping on an occasional 18-year-old single malt scotch while pondering the philosophies of life, the cosmos, and beyond. We actually had a conversation after the recording uh, that he's coming out with a podcast called uh, Whiskey with Wiley uh, that yours truly will be featured on here in the upcoming near future. Uh, but guys, what an incredible story. What an incredible uh, conversation uh, that we had here today. I know there's going to be so much nuggets, so much for you to walk away with and begin implementing in your life immediately. So come prepared, guys, if you're listening on the road. Um, we, we enjoy that. But if you have the ability to take notes, get a pen and paper handy because this is a note taking conversation. Without further ado, guys, let's get into today's episode with none other than Wiley McGraw, the performance accelerator himself, teaching you how to master your life, master your greatness, and step into your truest potential. Wiley, my brother, welcome to the Superhuman Life. I appreciate it, brother. Good to meet you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, I feel like we should have had uh, we should have had the recorder on for the past five <laughs> five minutes. Uh, hopefully, we can uh, bring some of that wisdom that you shared with sure. me one on one capacity out into today's conversation. Um, but just kicking things off, man, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been reading your bio, I've been studying you, you know, listening to, to multiple conversations, consuming a lot of your content. You got a former star pitcher, professional in, in the MLB, competitive bull rider, and a three time combat veteran. Now, each one of those we could cut off and have a conversation about lessons learned, high performance principles. But I got an individual here that has really achieved all three of those. And I think that's an amazing part that where, where I want to start. So I think Wiley may be the best place to kind of kick it off here. What, what role did, you know, maybe your upbringing or, or childhood or, or people in your life, whether they're parents or other coaches, mentors that you had at an early age playing to kind of, you know, put you into this frame of mind and perspective that really anything you want to do, you've, you've been able to, to accomplish. So yeah, what role in upbringing did, uh, did your upbringing have in getting you to star pitcher, competitive bull rider, like tackling all these things and now the high performance coaching? Sure. Yeah. And at first I want to make sure I, I clarify, and this is is I'm actually considered a performance accelerator, so I'm by no means a coach by any definition. So the, the way in which I do my work is the antithesis to typical uh, coaching processes and how, how they approach their clients. And I just want to make sure that that's, that's known as well. So I'm uniquely a different beast altogether. But what role my life experiences played in making the me the man that I am today are, are significant because it allowed me to uncover and discover uh, you know, how limitations are placed upon us by those outside of us, what the perfectionist mindset can do to your performance and your potential, the stresses that you endure and you compensate with growing up in dysfunction or addiction or chaos, despite whatever label you want to tie to that. Uh, but being a star athlete as a pitcher, and I want to make sure that I don't, you know, I don't want this to be long winded because I want to get to the, the meat of it all is I loved baseball. I had talent. My dad cultivated that talent as a semi-pro ball player himself. However, as I got older, as I played year in and year out, I, I lived baseball. Of course, I played other sports too, but baseball was a primary focus, and I was expected to be perfect every time I took the mound. Didn't matter. And if I messed up, if I off track a little bit, I paid for it. So it was this constant perfectionism, this stress of, of that placed upon me. And when I got older, I started to discover that I was actually playing for the expectation of my father and not for the love of the game itself. And I realized that in itself was in fact breaking my spirits and it was not fulfilling who I was. And I found myself pulling away from that world and connecting to friends that had access to another world, which was bull riding. Bull riding just felt right for me. And I, I discovered 
that this whole new world of bull riding was more dangerous. It was more scary. It was more exciting. I felt this sense of like seduction as I got pulled into it. And I remember gearing up for my first ride and I was everything you can be at one time, brother. It was just igniting within me. I felt for the first time, this is, this is the man that I want to feel like. I felt my soul finally waking up and igniting. And I realized that that real world challenge, that holistic, more holistic, natural environment of the unknowns that bull riding presents was where I can feel myself being stretched and challenged in ways I had never experienced being a baseball player. So I broke away from that and I found that I got more excited about life. I found new access to my power and my potential being unleashed. Unleashed. I found that who I was at the core and how I impacted people around me was important to understand where my potential really resided from. So in the world of bull riding, it, it got me to another level of my own performance, my own potential. And I discovered by being fully engaged every time, and I want people to hear this, every time I embraced the fear of that unknown, every time I rode, I found my skill and my talent and my ability to perform as a bull rider, being able to ride that bull became more proficient. It became more optimized. I had more fun. I experienced more insight. I would say glean more knowledge and intuition from that, those real world experiences. And I felt a challenge that stretched who I was. It gave me access to parts of myself that were otherwise suppressed by this perfectionism, hyper-focused skill on pitching. So to me, that is where I started to uncover and understand the impacts of stress on performance, why we need real world challenges that scare us, that make us uncomfortable if we are truly to be stretched and, and transformed. And then, of course, it naturally evolved into the military where I joined the United States Army. I became a combat infantryman. I served with the 101st Airborne Division and did three tours overseas, Kosovo, Afghanistan, and Iraq. And in the middle of a war zone in Afghanistan, I started to uncover an innate ability to see blind spots, understand power, how it affects people's performance, where I really needed to do to start influencing others around me, the team that I led, et cetera, so that we can be the best of ourselves in those most chaotic environments and be able to perform at the top of our game. And at the end of the military tenure, I wanted to discover more about myself, and I started on the path of that self-mastery and eventually got to the point where I built a business around my own abilities and my skill sets to really stretch and push people of higher caliber, high achievers, leaders, et cetera, to the top of their game in an accelerated manner because I'm able to get into the uh, places other people will not go to fully erupt, eradicate, and accelerate them. So I want to make sure that that, that that makes sense for you and it lands for your audience because I want, to, I want to tie in all aspects of my real world life experiences and how they cultivated challenges that stretched me as a man and allowed me to become a more optimized version of myself so that I can turn around and bring that to the table for other people that are looking to do the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I love that so much. And there's so many different, you know, different angles that we could, we could unpack there with just that little bit that you sure. shared. What was the, you know, what was the thought process going from, from bull riding to, to tour combat veteran, if you don't mind me asking, like, was it just not enough fear of the unknowing? Like you needed, <laughs> you needed more danger in your life you or know, what? I mean, honestly, once I broke away from this hyper-focused skill and I want, I want to land that point real quick and then I'll, I'll make sure I answer that question is we are taught to believe that when you really you focus on one talent that you have and skill and you build that up, then you can turn around and apply that to other areas of your life. Unfortunately, that never works. When you overlook or override every aspect of who you are and just try to focus on one skill, you basically leave yourself in limitation. Your power, your potential is in fact suppressed and you really don't know what you're capable of. So 
the mindset shift that happened for me ignited more than just the mindset. When I got away from baseball, bull riding turned me on to a new level of who I was. It unleashed a warrior, a beast that I knew was inside me that had been missing. It gave me permission to explore more of my own power and how it affected myself and my environment that I was in and those around me. And I realized that when I know who I am, when I know where that's derived from, I can influence, move, shake, and shift others properly. So for me, it wasn't, you know what, it was it wasn't not scary enough. What it was was, you know what? It's not about the competition. I got told by my mentors, you need you can you can be a professional rodeo cowboy if you want to. But for me, it wasn't about that. What it was about was constant self-awareness. I wanted to know more about who I was in different environments. I wanted to stretch myself beyond my own limits. I wanted to be at a place of peace and freedom for the first time in my life. So that intuition came up more and more in that environment. And I discovered I needed a new challenge outside of this world. Where else can I find more for myself that would stretch me, that would scare me? Because I learned as a bull rider that in order for me to become more, I needed to embrace the fear of the unknown. I needed to yield to it. I needed to lean into the most uncomfortable situations because once I did that and I absorbed that energy, my performance grew. I was able to do more, focus more, be more, impact differently. I was able to succeed in ways I never thought were possible, but it wasn't enough. So I just stepped into another wild unknown, which was the United States military. There, there's wild unknowns in that. And I wanted to explore the world. I wanted to see what I was truly capable of in the most intense environments. That's why I shifted from bull riding to the military. Not necessarily because I had some death wish or I wanted to be even more you know, uncomfortable, but because I wanted to discover more of what I was capable of, no matter what situation I was placed within. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned self-awareness there, because that was one of the things that I, you know, I made a note here. Like as you're talking, I'm like, this dude's just, you know, super hype, you know, super aware. Where did where did that come, you know, in, in you? Is it an innate awareness? Like you've always had it? Was it through like you're like you 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 had questions, so you started down the path of exploring and and, and growth? Because I, I I know that there's a lot of people that are gonna resonate with, sure. you know, the the seeking of wanting more, they're just not even at the level of self self-awareness in themselves to like understand, okay, I need to seek more challenges, I need to seek more of, you know, more of these fears. So for you, where 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 did that self-awareness, you know, ignite from? It was the it was that transitional point from baseball to bull riding that I was, I was overwhelmed with the stress of the family dynamic around me and the perfectionism. It, I just couldn't hold it in anymore. And as that happened, I just naturally found myself paying attention to how I was thinking, how I was feeling, what I wanted to feel versus what I was experiencing. And that in itself started to birth that new awareness. Now, awareness itself is, an, I would say, an evolution uh, you know, forever evolving process. It's not like you're going to end your awareness. I'm constantly, even now to this day, becoming even more aware of how dysfunctional our world is around us. So I'm stretching and constantly going, I could, I just see and feel the pain of the world around me. So that awareness is constantly growing and developing even more in a masterful way. But for people that are listening, that are going, well, you know what? I only know so much of myself. What else do I need to do to become even more aware, more self-actualized, be more reflective on my my experiences, my reactions to stress, et cetera, that, that is all about your willingness to face those uncomfortable thoughts, feelings, being willing to sit still for a moment and allow that discomfort to actually become part of you instead of the knee-jerk reaction that we have of trying to push away or avoid it or disconnect from it. Human beings have this unbelievable 
knee-jerk fear reaction to things that are very uncomfortable and very unknown to them. We want to pull away from it. We want to avoid it. We want to become skeptical of it. We want to say that it's wrong. We want to say that it's bad. And I'm here to tell people, stop doing that because that is in fact hindering you and limiting your ability to become self-aware, like you'd asked, become more optimized, become more powerful, create better results for your life, become more connected to who you are at the core, know and understand your relationships and optimize your health. When you can embrace an uncomfortable situation, you stretch your awareness. When you can allow it in and see the benefit of why it's in your life in that moment, despite what you might do with it, you can find that it'll help you grow and accelerate you in ways you never thought were possible. So the shift for me was I was done and had enough of the pressure of being perfect all the damn time. And I wanted to, to discover what it was like for me to make the choice on what I wanted to do. Mm. Where do I discover more of myself as Wiley, not what I'm expected of by others outside of me? And that's where that self-awareness started to grow. And then I chased that. To me, that was the most exciting part of my life, not waiting for somebody else to show me. I wanted to go discover it, which is why I kept putting myself in those radical, un unconventional, uncomfortable environments because I knew I was going to become more every time I did that, despite how uncomfortable or how scary that might have been for me. Do you think it's necessary for us to get to a point of, you know, I think you, I think you used the terminology like you were, you were fed up. You were like kind of like fed up with this pursuit of perfectionism that had been laid upon you. You know, with me, like I shared with you at the beginning here before we started recording, like the work that I'm doing is in a very, you know, very niche, you know, particular, like I, I serve as a very niche uh, category of, of men. Obviously, this is a result of my own story. You don't wake up one day and decide, yeah, I want to get into the porn addiction recovery space. Sure. It's like, no, I had to overcome. But there was a point in my life, and I talk about it all the time, where I had this, you know, I had this talk with myself in the mirror. It's like, you're an absolute fraud to the world. And I had this moment of disgust with myself. And that was kind of the catalyst and genesis for everything that we're doing today. Sure. And, and it seems similar in, in, in your story. So do you think all men or all people need to get to that point of being absolutely fed up with their current state or their current version in order to step into this advanced accelerated growth? Number one, thank you for sharing that because what it says about you is you are at the core, a real man who's got a lot of love, a lot of, of care, a lot of passion and drive that has been unleashed because of what you're experiencing or, or witnessing out in the world. And that's what you, it's not you, like you said, you don't wake up one day and go, I want to go do this crazy niche thing. However, you felt a draw to it and a pull to it because you have insight to those blind spots that these, these men are living with. I will say this, given my experience being around uh, military elite performers in the military to leadership from different industries, the Wall Street to Hollywood, professional sports, and so on, everybody is living in fed up energy. People mm. are, unfortunately, we have generational conflict that no one stops to resolve. It's all about relief. It's all about coping. It's all about escapism. We have cultivated a culture that has built itself in industries, multi-billion dollar industry, industries around people's compensation versus resolution. Now, we sell each other on the ideas, especially in the personal development space, transformation, resolution. And this is kind of gets my goat because people are giving themselves titles and labels that don't match who they really are behind the scenes. So I would say there are so many people that are in fact, we're human that are in fact ready to truly blow through their limits and experience their ultimate level of satisfaction, happiness, peace, and freedom. But we are also held back by a societal norm that that takes forever to get to, that you need to go through certain aspects or avenues you need to take your time. You need to allow yourself to you know, feel good so that you can make those decisions. And I'm here to challenge that and say, no, enough is enough. You can get to where you want to go faster than you think. You don't have to fall victim to the industries that tell you, 
be gentle with people. You know, only do it when they're ready to do it. And like with you, you're working with men who need to be pushed outside of that dysfunction. And like, get out of that. You're not going to softly approach them and say, hey, guys, you know, that porn's bad for you. You're going to punch them in the face and get them out of the way. And sometimes we need to do that. And we need to approach people and give them the push that makes them so uncomfortable. It actually pisses them off and scares them because the only way you truly transform is when something actually shocks you, not something that's nice and easy Mm. that you can lean into because then you can control your responses. You can control how that resource shows up. So I know for a fact, and in my experience, people are fed up. They just don't have the right resources to know how to challenge them that matches their capacity to perform and push them far outside their own comfort zone so they can get past their limits and experience the results they want to create in the world. God, I love that so, so much. Um, it, it, it rings so similar. I don't know if you know who, who Ed Milet is or if you're a fan. Huge, you know, huge fan of Ed. We talk about him all, all, all the time. Who's that again? He's, Ed Milet, um, big, big personal development guy. Kind of he in, sound, you know, sounds familiar. Uh, yeah, I, pl- I played around in that industry for a few years before the pandemic hit. So I, I think that name came across a couple of times. But go yeah, ahead. well, he's, 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 he's approaching 50 and he, he always shares this story of, you know, he's, he's in his mid 40s and, he, you know, he was like growing a beard and he's got kids and his daughter one night was like, and he had just, you know, he just like got into social media, started, you know, becoming a public figure. I mean, the dude's worth like half a billion dollars. Like, okay. I mean, uber successful. Doesn't need to have a podcast. Doesn't need to create content, but he, but he does because he's, he, he wants to impact just like we are here. We just want to impact people sure. uh, that, that, that are looking for it. Um, but he always shares this story about like his daughter asking him at dinner one night, like, you know, when he, in mid forties, he's like, he's got the, you know, color in his hair, he's growing a goatee. And his daughter's like, like, dad, like what's with the beard? What's with the, you know, the tan and the social media? Are you going through some type of midlife crisis? And the response is, yeah. I'm going through a midlife crisis right now. I'll be going through another crisis next year. I'll be going through another crisis to get to that next version. And it's like, that's, that's his whole thing is like, we're constantly chasing this next improved version of ourselves. And it's like, we need to be in crisis mode to get there because if we take it slow and, and lackadaisical, like you said, like, you know, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. It's like, no, let's get to this next version because the next version is waiting for us to get there once we get to that next version. So that's, I just, I'm glad that you said that. And if I may, I want to delve quickly on that point please. right there. <clears throat> There is, it, you got to consider this. There's a difference between being a high achiever and a high performer. Now, people give themselves labels constantly because they've made tons of money. They have notoriety. People know who they are. Immediately, it's like they're a high performer because they can get stuff done and they can you know, move industries and they can get people inspired to do things. However, why aren't we celebrating someone who desires balanced relationships, optimized health, clear focus, peace, freedom, sanctity, integrity, high standards first and foremost, and let the byproducts be the money they can create, the innovation that they have. Getting someone who stands in front of an audience who is truly living the life they say they're living, not just what they're selling people, celebrate that and inspire masses to move up to that level more efficiently. But we're not doing that. So I want to go back to your point here is it's great that people are motivated that want to keep climbing that ladder to get that to that next level, that next level. But I'm looking at people and saying, if you're the type of person who wants to finally break through that fork in the road and get to the top of your game, sustain your peak performance, both personally and professionally, it's possible. But you've got to be willing to do the most radical, unconventional things that truly stretches you and challenges you in ways you've never had happen to actually get there. If you are not into that, that's, that's okay. Some people cannot handle the type of intensity, especially the work that I bring to the table. Not everybody can be a Navy SEAL. You got 200, my buddy went to Bud's and he had 200 people in his class and 17 of those guys graduated, 17 out of 200 graduated. It's the hardest training in the United States military. I respect them, but that's the nature of even my work is, look, if you want to be that elite performer 
in your life and in your business and the impact that you have, you've got to do things that you're un, you have typically been unwilling to do. And there are some people that, that step towards that, and there's some people that don't. And like this guy says, I'm constantly in a, cri- a crisis mode. Well, here's the thing. Stop using crisis as an energy source to move you to another level. Why don't we resolve the, any kind of chaos or unresolved stress you carry around so that you can, in fact, just get to that level you want to get to and operate from there? And that's my challenge to leaders. That's my challenge mm. to high achievers and entrepreneurs. Are you willing to do whatever it takes or do you like the slow mundane process of hiring coaches and buying pro- programs and, and processes and systems? And that's okay. If you're that person, go for it. But let's look at why we label ourselves high achiever, high performer, elite this, et cetera, and stop bastardizing those terms and just be honest with ourselves because once we can become grounded and honest with ourselves, more can actually happen for us. Now, do you think everybody has the, the ability um, or potential to be and, and I'm going to have to use a label here Go because I, I got to put a word there, yeah, but yeah. to be elite, you know, to be elite. Yeah, I agree. Not everybody can be, be a Navy SEAL. You know, we've had a few of them on the podcast here. I've been fortunate to, you right. know, I've trained with some amazing people in my life from powerlifters, bodybuilders, pro athletes. I've had, you know, wrestler top, you know, top performing wrestlers that have, you know, were my workout partners right. for years. So I've been in the gym with like the baddest men in the world, but SEALs, in my opinion, are like a different level yeah, of human beings. So I, so I do agree that not everybody has the ability to be, to be elite, but I'm curious your thoughts. Like, does everybody have the ability to be elite at something? Like, do we all hold like a superpower? It's just our job to unlock it. Or are there levels to, to this game? Like some people are just, you're going to be more elite in life than, than others. I, you know what? I'm glad that you actually asked that because that's a question I've been dying to even dis- discuss with someone, but it, clearly from your you know experiences, you're able to come out with that awareness and go here, Wiley, let's delve into this piece because this is a very crucial component of human nature. Mm. not every we're not all meant again i had i want to make sure i back up here i've met people that have tried to be entrepreneurs they're just not built to be entrepreneurs but they have tried they've wasted time energy and money because they feel like they want to be successful like someone else that they emulate you have to be a willing to understand your own actual real limits on who you are what your capacity is in your life and be willing to accept that because when you can accept where you're at in your, your level of growth, who you are in life itself, you can, in fact, become, come, quote, elite in your life based on what it is you're willing to actually focus on and accept. Not everyone can be an Elon Musk. Not everyone can be, you know, uh, Bill Gates. Now, again, we have leaders like that that have amassed great fortunes on the backs of their own stress. They are, in fact, doing things because they are aligned with something very specific. Now, we can pull any of these big leaders around and go, well, let's pull the curtain back. How well is their life actually operating behind the scenes? Five divorces, 20 kids, stressed out, not sleeping but two hours a night, not eating good food. I mean, to me, there's a missing component there. It's kind of like going to Whole Foods now, and you got these garbage products on the shelf, unfortunately. They they have one good ingredient in that product, so they can call it gluten-free or they can call it organic but everything else is just garbage, right? So consider a human being. When you are not operating holistically, where every part of you, that in, every ingredient of you is, is truly organic or optimal, right? There's only one facet of you. That doesn't truly mean you are elite. People have capacity to be elite, whatever their definition of elite is in their own lives. But there are, in fact, like you said, different levels of elite, different levels of high performance, different levels of achievement. And not everybody can accomplish what somebody else before them has. But we have, unfortunately, an industry that banks its efforts 
on the idea of look what I've created. If you want it to, you can buy into my thing. And people want to learn and copy and emulate that versus understanding who they are, what their purpose is, what their superpower is, and focus on cultivating that to change the world in the way that they're meant to change the world, despite how little or big it might be. Yeah, I love that. Can we can we zoom in here and get a little tactical? If yeah, go just, for it. Just, just on this, yeah. Um, because I because I love that a hundred percent, and I I gotta say I, I I agree as well. You know, one of the you know one of the, you know, call it you know taglines here, or you know one of the the core philosophies of our of our show is you know you're all created like every single one of us has has a purpose or calling on our life. I'm a Christian, you know, full full transparency here. Sure, of course. Um, you know, we talk we talk a lot about it, but yeah, I think each one of us has a specific calling, and then you've been given a unique set of skill sets that it's your job to uncover and unlock and work right. on and, 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 and develop. And I think that's right. what you're saying here is, yeah, we may not all be physically elite, but that doesn't mean you can't be an elite uh, engineer or an elite mathematician. Like I see some, you know, I, I talk to data guys all the time to kind of, you know, work on the backend systems of our business. Like, and those guys, what they can bring to the table, I'm like, you're an elite individual in your field, in your space. Stay in so your zooming lane. in here, get, yeah, getting tactical with people. If they're kind of like out there and they're maybe unsure and they're like, okay, I like, I like where Wiley's going here. I want to uncover maybe what my superpowers are or what, where I can be elite. Do you yeah. have tactics or strategies or a series of you know, questions, internal audit that somebody can go through to kind of begin to uncover what their own uniqueness, mm. eliteness could be or their yeah. own internal superpowers? Yeah, that, and I'm, let's, let's definitely get tactical on this. First and foremost, if you were not welcoming in enough challenge into your life, you're not going to uncover truly what you're capable of or what your superpower is. The other thing I would say tactically is stop trying to emulate somebody else who has done it a certain way that inspires you. Because what has worked for Gary V is not going to necessarily be what optimizes you. It may give you some good strategy. It might provide you some steps, some structure to build something significant, but not to the degree that you really, really want it. Let's be honest with ourselves here. When you're listening to this or anyone else, sit back and go, wait a minute. Have I ever slowed down enough to truly uncover where my power is derived from? What I'm fully capable of? Where is my potential actually residing within me? Am I just trying to like go through the emotions here and just add into my life more? Or have I done enough resolution work? Have I done enough challenge that stretches me, that makes me face things that are residing within me? Because what I've discovered is, and here's a tactical component of it, that what you might actually be scared of is not the unknown, but is what is still residing within you that has not been faced and resolved. I know for a fact I was brought into this world with a gift to erupt and eradicate stress. That is my superpower. My grounded presence alone makes people feel things that they have never actually addressed or faced. And then we can do something about transforming who they are at the core and accelerating their performance, both personally and professionally. I go after the most uncomfortable, ugly things, but that's my role. That's why I've been behind the scenes for 13 years being passed along different industries as this so-called secret weapon because I'm in their life, in their corner, constantly redirecting their focus, providing cutting-edge tools that optimizes true human performance. Now, when you consider what you're hearing, it's about tactically identifying your capabilities to handle stressful situations, the intensity of life and business itself, understanding where your emotions are leading you, what value are showing up inside all different ranges of your emotions and your willingness to stop trying to add so much into your life, hoping to get somewhere and just being left feeling unfulfilled, unsatisfied and trying to grind for more. So I want, that's a tactical way to start is accepting more challenge, being enticed by things that seduce you, that scare you, bringing in resources that you can't control because you know they're going to make you face or do things you never really wanted to do in the beginning, in the beginning of your path to growth. 
And looking at that first and foremost is the key to truly challenging who you are, not adding in steps and processes that are just simply structural components of growing a business or a life or a purpose. And there are so many people, you can be really good at being a little league coach, transforming and mentoring young men and women so that the next generation of leadership is optimal. But people want the big shiny thing. They want to be millionaires. They want to grow big businesses. They want to have people see who they are. I've heard this time and time again, you've probably in your experience, people feel that they've read some books, they've learned some things, they've discovered some pain that they've experienced in their life, and they go, I can go coach someone. Why do we have so many freaking coaches nowadays? Not everybody's meant to be a coach. I've met so many people that say I'm a performance coach, and yet they don't even understand what they're actually talking about. They just like to ask questions based on what they've learned in a book, and they really don't know how to push people past limitations. So let's start there, people. Let's pay attention to what am I welcoming in my life that challenges me? Let me face and yield to the fear of that unknown and realize if I'm scared of it, I need to step towards it. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up that that piece there with coaching because it was it was something I wanted to circle back with you because you made a point at the beginning here. Yeah. You know, when I when I introduced you here, you're like, ah, you know, coaching, mm, nope, performance yeah. accelerator. So, <laughs> um, because but it's true, man, and, and it's it's something I've talked about here a, a, a lot too. I've seen it, you know, I've I've seen it in the fitness industry my wow. entire life. You know, you get somebody that you know goes through a 16 week bodybuilding prep, they lose 40 pounds, it's their first physical transformation. They step on stage, they get a plastic trophy, a bunch of pictures. People tell them how amazing they are. Right. Then they become a contest prep coach. They don't know anything about uh, nutrition, don't understand the science of hormones, and they just start cutting, they literally start destroying people's metabolism and, and health. And I've, I've seen it play out. And it's one of the things that I despise most about mm. the bodybuilding or fitness community is you don't need any credentials or certification to take somebody under your wing and let them trust you to get them to a sub 5% body fat. And in order to get there, you have to get into some unhealthy endeavors and you have to be able to get out of that in a, in a healthy way. I've seen young girls in their early 20s destroy their bodies forever because their estrogen and testosterone gets off balance. Oh, they yeah. get thyroid issues. Now they're on medicine their, their entire life. Yeah. So, so, so speak more to that. If, if, if you can just, you know, this, this gap and hole in, in the coaching space and, and why you've, you know, identified yourself as a performance accelerator. And ultimately, what does that really mean? Sure. Um, well, this, this is the unfortunate part of personal development. I think the, I think and, and see and experience on a daily basis that marketing itself has become, it's gone rogue. When you've got this, people like to sell you on very specific keywords like transformation, like coaching, like performance, peak performance is another one that's thrown around constantly. Again, I utilize these words myself because I know that's what people are so used to. Okay, so I'm a, I'm a glorified nightmare eruptor. What am I supposed to do with that? I'm the one that makes you face your demons. I'm the bat one that battles it like a soldier in the foxhole with you through it. But I'm all, I, I'm all about optimizing you holistically. My work is in this relationship dynamic with my clients. So coaching has its own set of standards and its own you know structure and how they approach their clientele. I don't coach people. They have their way. I have mine. My work is all about the connection with that person I'm working with, being in their life in real time, providing them holistic cutting-edge tools constantly as life happens to redirect their focus, make them experience real-world challenge so that they can erupt whatever stress they're carrying around that's, in fact, affecting their performance so that things, in fact, accelerate. So as a, quote, performance accelerator, which is a, a label that's just been utilized for those people that need to hear something like that, it's really understanding who I am at the core and why I'm capable of moving people in the way that I move them. 
that's the first and most important aspect of who you are. If you're going to be a coach, you need to first understand, like you said, people are going and they're dropping that first 50 pounds and they think they can turn around and do the same thing for someone else. Hold on a second. Are you even meant to do that for someone else? Do you, just because you got excited and high on the, the success of what you've done with your you know, coach, that you can turn around and do the same thing? That's called, unfortunately, that's called teaching. People can be teachers, but there are very few masters out in the world. Masters can recreate in others, in their, their advisement, in their leadership, what they have experienced themselves. But they are trying to be masters without actually going through the full evolution of who they are at the core and discovering what they're truly capable of without any aspect of their past affecting them. So the coaching, and go back to what you said, the coaching industry is just a place that people feel is the easiest way for them to do something out in the world. It's, I've seen this time and time again. You have too. I don't know what to do with my life, so I think I'll become a coach. It's like, wait a minute. You've read a bunch of transformational books. Books, unfortunately, people can get some good strategy from books, but they don't transform you. They just don't. I will argue that every single moment of every single day. Books do not know how to challenge you to face things you have not looked at. They are good at giving you insight to create some awareness. They give you new direction, but they will not put you in the right positions that radically transform you from within. And we have so many people wanting to do so much innate helping for other people because we are human and that's our true fabric is trying to help other people around us. But they get lost in the hype of how exciting it is to be your own coach and to try to like help people and try to provide them insight because you may have learned a few things before that. And I want people to understand it's about slowing down and understanding you and then building something from there because maybe you're not supposed to be a coach. Maybe you're not supposed to be an engineer. Maybe you're not supposed to be an influencer. We have too much access to social media and too much access to people seeing us and things going viral that we are literally breaking away from this like grounded nature of who we are as a, a society and a species. Everybody nowadays can be an influencer on YouTube, but not everybody should be. <laughs> it's just not no. the place. It's too much freedom for people to dump their stress and their chaos and their toxicity out into the world. And that's why we have so much... I would say fighting and fracturing going on in our culture. Yeah. It's like a, it, it's like a component of co codependency. I mean, as somebody that works in, in, in the addiction space, it's yeah. like what you're saying here, it's like, I haven't figured out my own life, but I've read a lot of books on it. So what I'm going to do to make my life better is coach people on their own lives. Right. No, well, why don't you clean up your own house before you, you go out and try to change the world? Thank you. First, like get, get home base. But that, why would I do first. that? Because that is so uncomfortable and so much waste of time. I want to make money right now. And it's like, well, hold on a second. Money, notoriety, fame are not the things you actually should be chasing. Mm. Here, I've seen this. It's like uh, people chasing fame. It's like, think about this whole situation we just experienced as a nation with the, these two uh, the, uh, young millennials. It was that Gabby and uh, you know, her boyfriend. They chased the idea of fame and look what it did to them. Unfortunately, and I know this might be a sore subject for people, but honestly, if you want truth, this is what actually changes you and transforms your thinking, not love, truth on the wave of love. Mm. And I love enough to give the truth. And what I'm saying is these young people chased an idea of fame and it killed them. So we have, that's an extreme, but we have other people trying to chase money and notoriety, and they are overriding and circumventing every other aspect of who they are as human beings. They are willing to sacrifice their relationships, their faith, their health, 
and their sanity and their sanctity, and they're willing to operate no matter what. There's no standard. There's no boundary. And it's just, I care about money. And when they get it, because their brains, especially the young people that are not developed fully, they lose sight of respect, of, of how to actually interact with human beings and society. And they get so lost that they become broken. And then we have a, a complete culture that doesn't know what it's doing with itself. And then we emulate these people. Wow, look at that guy. He's got a, a, a Bentley. Okay, and his wife hates him. His kids don't listen to him. He eats fast food. He's suffering at home in silence. Do you really want to be like that guy? Well, he's got 100 million bucks. So at the end of the day, why aren't you excited about being at peace, right? That's the key. Mm. Operating from that place is going to create more for you. It's going to help you innovate in ways you least expect, and it's going to allow you to influence and impact other people in the right manner and not in the manner you think you should be doing it. So that's another piece of it. No, I love that. Love that. Do, Do you... Do you believe in, in like true balance? I've heard you, I mean, you've, you've kind of sure, mentioned yeah. it a, a, a few different times here. You know, as somebody that's, that's worked with, I mean, well, you've, you've been at the top of, of multiple industries and, you know, you've been talking about your work behind the scenes, working with executives, head funds managers, you know, top level uh, personalities and so forth. Like, do you believe at the highest level, like true balance or in order to achieve some of, some of that peak, like uh, elite, once again, I'm using all these, you know, these terms here, but uh, like I, 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 they, they need to be in, in a part of the conversation here. But yeah, do you believe you can truly have balance or in order to reach the top of one industry is another area of your life going to have to, maybe not suffer is the right word, but there's got to be a give in order to get or, or like a get, uh, you, you know what I mean? So is true balance attainable? It, it, you know what? Honestly, it's first and foremost, balance is boring, which is why people don't want it. Mm. They don't look for it. There's no, there's no excitement in it. It's this, you know, we, we live in a, um, I will use the word, it's a low vibration conflict culture. Everybody is quick to snap and fight each other. It's because, number one, people are malnourished, okay, spiritually broken. Uh, they're in pain. They're suffering. Things are out of whack when it comes to our systems that we have as a, in a complete country. And so we have the, this immense pressure from all of these outside elements, and then we have all of this unresolved trauma and stress within our dynamics together. So there's no true resolution. So everybody's trying to find ways to find reprieve or cope with what they've got going on. So the idea of getting to a place of balance is so fleeting. They have to be where they're at and you have to have the right resource or person that can say, look, let's just get you out of this first and foremost and then get you to a place where we can start truly looking at all elements of your life to really make them better. That's the first place to start. But I know balance is, is possible for people. I know balance is possible for leaders. I create that and work with leaders in that capacity and get them, get them to that place. I have seen firsthand behind the curtains with public figures and celebrities, executives in Hollywood, people on Wall Street, like we just discussed, they are constantly in a place of suffering because they have spent their entire life building something hyper-focused. They've overridden, overlooked every other area of their life to get to where they want to go. And it's amazing that we have people that can actually still create with all of that going on, right? But you can, in fact, achieve balance in your life, which is very boring. And I mean boring in the sense that you don't experience the, the ebb and flow and the, the swings of chaos and conflict. You actually know what it's like to manage and handle volatility very well. You know how to utilize all range of your emotions properly because this idea that we have negative emotions and positive emotions, we've, where have we gotten lost on this idea that human nature and human performance and human beings are black and white are systems and these like parts 
We got this idea that, you know, this is what love looks like. This is what hate looks like. Well, and there's no in between. There's no spectrum here. This is what emotions are good. And these are the emotions that are bad. There's no spectrum here. And it's like, we got to stop with this staunch idea that anger is bad. Frustration is bad. That the only place to be is happy. So everybody wants to fake it to make it. Everybody wants to pretend. I call it, unfortunately, spiritual bypassing where people want to be like, Everything is all great and good. God be with you. Peace be with you. Namaste. And in reality, they're really behind all of that facade is pain, sorrow, discomfort, uh, you know, dysfunction, et cetera, addiction, things like that. And I've seen that behind the scenes where these people are amassing so much, so much, but everything else is broken. I've heard it time and time again. I've heard billionaires say this. They're like, you know what? Ah, I told my ex-wife, you know what? I, I want to be a billionaire. So if you leave me, that's whatever. And it's like, Wow. You didn't. You cared so much more about being a billionaire that you're willing to break a relationship and have that be your legacy. And it's like, ugh. so I want to make sure that I'm completing this cycle of this question for you. Balance is possible because when you get to a place of balance in your life, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Whatever balance means for you, where you're happy with what you've got, you are able to be grateful for the things that are in your life and grow from that place. You can maintain stability. You can maintain a harmonious level of peace with people around you, within you, and then you can create from that space. You can have that, but you got to be willing to do things that make you get rid of the, the stress or the pain or the sorrow or the sacrifice and suffering that you have chalked up to being normal as human beings. So it's almost like we had to do with, with the elite performance. Like we had to define in, for, for our own life what, what elite was. Like we're not going to chase elite in somebody else's uh, definition of it. And, and, and what I'm hearing you say is like kind of the same thing within balance within our own life. We got to start with defining what that balance is and set that as our own destination and aim that we're working towards. Not what society or the world exactly. or what you've, you've seen in a movie or, you know, you write in a book somewhere. It's like define your own balance and then make that the aim of how you, you build your life around. Yeah. That. And you know, it's really, it's, I, I was talking to my wife this morning about this and I, not one part of our 13 years, I think it's amazing how time goes by. We don't live our life in steps. Uh, there's not this staunch routine where I got to get up at five and I got to go here and I got to do this and this is the next thing and this is the next thing. Like we talked about earlier before the show started, you know, it's like you have, you've had guests that unfortunately have back to back to back to back to back and people, some people need to operate that way. I understand there are certain personalities and mindsets out there that function really well with that. Again, it's not for everyone. I'm not saying every single human being needs to stop doing what they're doing and actually, you know, do all of this crazy stuff for themselves. What I'm saying is, let's bring a little bit more quote, balance into your life. You know, to get it, I get out of the idea that life is in steps. Life is in these like routines. There's so much more to you than that. So I wanted to add that to you because it's important. I, I, we were talking about it and I said, not one thing we've ever done together has been through a step. Every aspect of our relationship has evolved and been optimal because you're constantly challenging me. You're checking me if I'm starting to you know, move in different directions. If I'm starting to feel a little uncomfortable or stressed, you, you make sure that I'm aware of that. We are back and forth balancing each other out. We're constantly in this place of, you know, giving a leeway to our A personality so that we can constantly grow and shift together as a couple. That is what I'm talking about because we understand the truth of it all. That's love is being willing to smack someone in the head when they're out of whack and say, no, that's not who you are. I'm not going to accept that. Instead of hearing people say, you just got to love someone for who they are. Really? That guy that's got the needle in his arm that's falling apart right there. You're going to, that's what you should love. That person over there that's suffering in silence. You're going to just let them be. You're not going to challenge them and say, no, you're more, you're more than that. That person over there that's influencing a mass 
amount of people that is ba- basically just a, an angry human being behind the scenes, you're going to be okay with that. And for me, I go stop. And to me, I'm I'm out in the world challenging that. I'm all about getting leaders that really want to be balanced and optimized, access to the tools and the resource that can make them that. Yeah, that's so beautifully said. Thank you. And thank you for you're sharing welcome. that about you, you and you and your wife. Um, I know you said you weren't a big man of, you know, structure and, and routines and, you know, having a series of, you know, non-negotiables every single day that, that you do. But for you, because we've been talking about challenge a lot and the importance yeah. of having stress is kind of a, you know, to unlock our performance. You know, what do you do, you know, whether it's daily, weekly to, you know, to invite and bring challenge into your life or just wait for life to present it to you? Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Um, I know I do have specific types of things I like to engage in. Like I exercise, I'm up at 5 a.m. every day. Sometimes I'll sleep in a little longer. If I'm a little more exhausted from the day before, I'm not going to beat myself up and say I didn't get up at five. Is that by alarm clock? Are you an alarm clock guy, or do you naturally? You know, I'm starting. I've actually because I've done it so much, especially from the military. You know, it was four a.m. was always like the I would Mm -hmm. say the the latest in the military getting up, Uh, especially in combat arms. That's kind of like our 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 normal aspect of of living. But I naturally just get up. If I set an alarm, I'm always awake before my alarm even goes off. So I've just shut my alarm off now. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to get up when my body says get up. So, you know, I would say four or five days a week, I'm up at 5 a.m. I'm usually at the gym, 5.30, 5.45. I do some really good dynamic exercises, stability workout, et cetera. But then I don't find myself always doing that consistently every single week, every other day, just on this routine. Sometimes I just go where I feel like going. I go where my body wants me to go. I allow myself to experience life and I'll let life as a dynamic force really drive me in the direction I'm meant to go. I connect to my intuition constantly. I do meditate when I feel like meditating. I eat healthy. There's a standard of health. I will not waver for anything. So I like certain aspects of those elements, but it's a framework, not a system. It's a more of a dynamic containment of boundaries and standards that I operate from and not from some staunch eight-step process to be a high performer, six-step process to be a millionaire, five-step process to manage your emotions. I go, where in fact am I in any given moment? How am I approaching life? How am I reacting or responding to stimuli? Do I know and understand why this is showing up in this moment for me? Because as this eruptor, it happens everywhere I go, where whoever I meet, men on the streets that constantly have their own, like, they just bring all that. I don't know why I'm yelling at you right now. I'm like, I understand why you're doing that because you've never met any, you're feeling stuff around me that you you are unaware of is going on inside you. And I get that's who I am and what I do in this world. So I've accepted that. And I know that challenges are constantly going to be presented to me because my job Whatever God meant for me in this world is to do that, to bring these real healing into their lives and really give people that space to finally feel what it's like to have someone that cares about them and can see them and can hear them, but at the same time, snap them out of their their own chaos and dysfunction. So I live a place of welcoming real-world challenge as it shows up because life is always going to present that to us. At the same time, I'm constantly in a state of self-awareness and self-actualization, especially with my wife who is very, you know, just balanced, a personality who's constantly like, nope. She's keeping me redirected. I have my partner who keeps me redirected. All of these aspects around me are in a real world holistic dynamic that keep me optimized so that I'm always at the top of my game so that when I go out in the world and do my work, my clients and the people I impact, they can get to the top of their game as well. Can, can, you, talk, can you talk to meditation here, here for a little yeah. bit? You mentioned it there in, 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 in your routine. Uh, you know, I'm seeing here on your site here, you know, creator of, of high-performance meditation. So, hey, for one, what is high-performance meditation? How did you get to you know, creating it? And then, you know, what has meditation brought, you know, brought in, 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 into your life? You know, a lot of guys are blown away when they join the program here. 
yeah. you know, somewhere around, you know, week four, week five, like we inject meditation into their, their oh, daily great. routine. And it's like, and I think a lot of people at first are like, wait a minute, Frank, this, you know, a big guy, six, three, 250 pounds, you know, I'm loud. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, you know, so when people hear like Frank is a meditator, like it kind of like, whoa. So for you, what has meditation, you know, brought in, in into your life? And then mm. how did you get to developing the high performance meditation? And, and what is that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, I, I, I shared this yesterday with someone. <clears throat> meditation can be anything. I, you know, I find, you know, I look at washing dishes as meditative, right? Consider if you're listening to this and you love vacuuming your floor because you just get the satisfaction of seeing that dirt come clean and you find yourself lost, be, don't be surprised to realize you're meditating in that moment. You're becoming very present with what's going on within you and around you in that given moment. So I want to make sure that that's a clear point is you could find meditation in anything that you put your focus to. The problem is we have, again, we have this one sight or insight or idea of what meditation is. Close your eyes, try to like get your thoughts focused, you know, slow your breath. And then people get wrapped up in trying to make that part of their life. And then they stress themselves out more. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> hold on a second. So meditation true. is supposed to help you not be stressed. Um, but I, I love meditation. I found it uh, when I got out of the military. I wanted to, to explore a more holistic world of self-mastery. So I studied neuroscience, psychology, you know, holistic health, alternative medicine. I started to connect to and, and watch how gurus utilize meditation. I wanted to just see where people were, were bringing that into their life, how it affected who they were. I didn't necessarily follow anyone. I just paid attention to what people were utilizing. And then eventually I started working with combat veterans, being a combat veteran on around healing through PTSD and transitioning back into the civilian world. And the VA invited me at one point to do transcendental meditation, which is a program that they were bringing into the PTSD uh, realm to help veterans kind of get away from medications, to get them in the place of relieving or resolving stresses, et cetera, from combat. So when I got to learn that, it just turned me on even more to the world of meditation itself. And I love just getting myself the time to sit down, even if it's for five minutes, just to be present. So meditation's power. I'm glad that you're doing that with your people because what it does is it gets people to stop moving and allows them just to be present because there's so much value in that moment. Even though they might feel things come up, you're getting people to hold still for a moment because mm. we are moving way too fast in our society to feel things that we need to feel, to resolve things that we need to resolve. And that's why people don't get to where they want to go. And I love utilizing meditation for my own health and wellness. And in my work, understanding my gift, my superpower, like we talked about, I found that I have the capabilities of getting people to delve into past their psyche to bring forth the true chronic reason why they're experiencing specific stresses in their life. So I developed high-performance meditation, which is only something I do individually with my clients. It's not something people can learn and figure out on their own because their psyche is going to create some form of block for them when they want to get to those depths of darkness that they need to excavate those stresses. So I developed this understanding the meditation model by being present with my clients and making them connect to a very impactful stress in their life so that we can get it to the surface and eradicate finally the root cause of that stress. And it, what it has been able to do is create results in as little as 24 to 48 hours. Because once we, you know, the psyche, right, we have the subconscious mind it collects everything that you think about consciously, and it doesn't know the difference between right or wrong, truth or falsity, okay? So whenever you think and focus on your subconscious goes, that's absolute. And then what happens is you store that within you, 
and eventually it's going to seep out of you. It's going to create life experiences that mimic those chronic issues that you're carrying around subconsciously. So what I'm able to do is identify the mind and how it works and how it likes to connect to the subconscious and get them to, to look at these things and repeat these things. And in my presence, holding them in those moments as things start to rattle. And then within 20 minutes, things come up for them that they never thought were They're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that memory was there. My dad, this, that, et cetera, that I've, I, I kind of tucked away my entire life. Wow, holy. And you can see on their face things changing for them and you can feel like heat and the energy and everything they're starting to release in that moment. And when they do that, the things that they want that's underneath that start to just happen for them. So that's what high-performance meditation is, but it's something you have to experience with me. It's not something that I could really teach and get people to do on their own. It's my own specific tool, but I like using the meditation model. It's very powerful in itself. It doesn't matter what it looks like. All it matters is, are you willing to be present? So there's no $19 ebook that I can go no. online and buy that's going to make me a high-performance meditator? No, hey, brother, hours. no. I, I, I don't do, you know, again, I am not a marketer. I don't, my work is not, marketing lists, you know, entry level programs. There's no, you know, I don't do sales funnels, et cetera. For me, it's I, if somebody's inspired and enticed by what they hear I, I say, or they feel me and go, something's unique and different about this guy, they reach out and call me and we have real world conversation, man to man or woman to man. It doesn't matter. That's how I do my, that's how I approach my work. I, there's no, this is not a sales tactic. There's no, uh, you know, direct transactional business model here. I've spent months with people calibrating them to get them ready before I've even remotely said, hey, now it's time for us to kind of engage in the logistics and do this work together. So it's all about, if somebody hears us talking and goes, I don't know if I want to do that hard work. He's talking about <laughs> making me face things. Like that sounds awful and uncomfortable. It's like then, okay, that, that's this is not for you. But if someone hears that and goes, wow, okay, wait a minute. I want to lean in, into that. I'm just saying lean into it and you have a phone call and connect and talk and just explore more, ask questions, dive in deeper. That's what I'm here for. This is not something you have to like, you know, follow and learn about first. It's like, pick up the phone, have a phone call. Let's, let's talk. Let's get to know each other. That's where real change can happen. Yeah, that was a joke that probably landed with maybe 20% of, of the listeners. Everybody <laughs> yeah, $19 kind of e-bike, I was good. <laughs> that, that, that's okay. Um, no, it's good, brother. I, I love that, though. I, I mean, first year of, of our company here at Rebuild Recovery, there was no website. There was no videos, modules. Right. I, you know, I, I do consultation with people. They're like, do you have a website for more information? I was like, no. If you didn't get all your answers today, I'll stick around on the call with you and answer every single question that you have. But I don't have a funnel. There's no sales copy. There's no marketing. I'm not going to convince you that you need to join my program. If you're ready to get this habit out of your life, I am the guy that's going to hold you accountable. I'm going to give you a system and process to follow. But I don't have a fancy you know, website with you know shiny, flat, flashy lights. Like You've been addicted to those things. Stay off the internet. Well, you know, while. you're doing is bringing a complete me. antithesis to what they're addicted to. You know, people are addicted to personal development. People are addicted to buying, you know, Tony Robbins programs. People are addicted to doing these big name household people that follow. It's like, okay, we got to break that habit because it's been overworked. It's like you in the gym, right? You, you plateau or atrophy a certain muscle and you forget the rest of the body. It's like you as a bodybuilder, you are constantly challenging your, like Arnold used to say, right? He would shock the muscle, shock the muscle, shock the muscle. That was his biggest thing. And people are not doing that for themselves. That's why Arnold had the most beautiful body in bodybuilding because he was willing to put himself through those intense experiences to shock himself, to constantly yeah. transform his body. So like you did with your business, 13 years, I just put a website together and came out of the shadows, LinkedIn page, et cetera, because that's what people have been asking of me for the last you know decade plus. And, but my work is all about intimate relationships. It's all about individualized, customized stuff to the person that I'm connected to. And like you said, I'm not here to prove anything to you. 
I've had people tell me at these you know conferences I used to go to masterminds, hey, do you have a website I can go to? I'm I'm right here in front of you. You're we're talking. I am it. Why do you need to go escape from me right now and go read? Oh, anybody can put up a website and write a bunch of stuff. Why aren't you talking to me? I'm right here. And if I show up in your life, it's because you're ready to do the work. And if you run away from it, you're never going to circle back with me. So this is your opportunity to jump or we're done. And then and it's hard for these leaders to grasp that. But the right ones go, okay, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Let's go. Let's talk. Let's connect. Let's break bread. Let's you know spend time together. So that's the approach we have to shift in our culture is get away from the big shiny thing that feels good and sounds good and go after the challenges like you asked me earlier that really rattle you from within, that make you highly uncomfortable and lean into that discomfort and find there's so much value in things that shake you up and shock the muscle and shock your brain and shock your body and shock your spirit. That's where you truly transform and get to where you want to go. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up uh, Arnold, though, because I think it kind of it kind of closes our point on, on on meditation. I don't know if it's because you've been staring at him for an hour over over my right shoulder. No, but, no, you know it's funny. Yeah. I saw him, but I didn't even think. <laughs> nice. But, but he 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 talks about. It. I don't know if you've ever seen seen Pump and Iron. He doesn't use yes. the word meditation, but the way that he looked at and utilized his training all the way back in the 70s and 60s in, in, in his entire career. It was like a form of meditation. Absolutely. He talked about closing his eyes, getting engaged, getting the mind into the muscle, like feeling it squeeze. Like, I mean, he even he even describes the pump as like an orgasm. Like only somebody that is that is in tune with the internal meditation component of training would truly understand what he means by that statement. But I think for me, you know, probably the second half of my bodybuilding career, I, you know, I'd, I'd be the guy that trained eyes closed. Like, you know, I'd, I'd stop, pause for a minute. I'd visualize the set. And then when I got into the set, it was closed. Unless I was squatting. I never squat, eyes closed. But 90% of the other exercises, I could. And I was just, it was an element of meditation. I'd take my heart rate after, you know, it'd be elevated during the set. But instantly, I'd be able to get it back down 80, 70, like mid-workout. Truly, truly powerful. I'm so well, you glad. Well, you know, it's, you, I, I love that you said that because I even wrote a little blog. It's on my website. Um, you know what your fitness attitude says about your ability to perform, and it really discusses the three elements of where you and I are are quite alike when it comes to exercise. We get turned on by the burn that that entices us to push a little further to really just squeeze out every ounce of like our potential when we're exercising. Even as I'm doing very uh, specific stability exercises in, at the gym now. You know the appropriate reception. Close your eyes with one, standing on one leg, and letting your your mind and all your body kind of intrinsically build those muscles. The same concept with the martial ancient Chinese martial arts that I practice is all about internal integration. It's about that meditative process where your body is already built. Now integrate all aspects of who you are within, from your bones, your blood, your muscles, etc., and let chi or energy flow through you in the form and allow that to be where the power is derived from versus you trying to force power through your muscular system. And that's where people get lost is there's this one aspect of us and we're not multidimensional enough. We realize that we think we're only one piece. When in reality, there's so many different aspects of us being dynamic, like nature is dynamic, we are too. So I'm glad that you brought that up because if anybody gets turned on by you know the idea of exercise and, and what you do and Arnold has done, it, it, he's so it's the mind muscle connection, but he went even further, even though he didn't call it meditation. You're right. There was just presence and allowing himself mm, to fully integrate yes. before he picked up a, a weight. And that's why his body responded the way it did. Yes. It, that's, it's key to understand why am I not getting the results that I really want? I look how much hard work I put into this. Here's the problem. The reason why is because you're only approaching it for one part You've got to get fully integrated. You have to be willing to be very uncomfortable. Arnold was comfortable lifting weights, not one bit, but man, he loved 
the discomfort of it, and he embraced the discomfort. Talk about bull riding again, embracing the wild animal under my legs and connecting to that beast allowed me to feel the, the wildness of myself, and that's why my performance improved drastically. If I was to push away or ride timid or scared, I would probably have gotten hurt. I probably would have gotten really uh, put in a bad position, right? So I'm glad that you brought that up. I'm glad that you said that about Arnold. Dude, I told you, I told you when we jumped on here right, right at the beginning, I love the way that your mind works, and I, I think we have a similar thought process, and I knew this conversation was going to be incredible. I feel like I could talk to you for, forever. I feel like I'm saying that a lot recently at, at the end of these shows, um, maybe because we're just bringing on the, the, mo the most epic guests. But, uh, bro, this has been incredible. Uh, thank you. Thank you for your time, your wisdom, your knowledge, your experience, everything. I really, really enjoyed this. As we bring it to, to a close, I want to give you a chance to kind of, you know, plug all the things you have going on. Where can people connect with you? We do have one question that we end every single episode with, so we'll, we'll circle back to that at the end. But, you know, as we're bringing it home here, Wiley, uh, if people are curious about you, you mentioned brand new website kind of up there. People are interested in more about your work and getting connected with you. What's the best places to, to find you online? Yeah, brother, I created a domain that just, it's easier to spell. <laughs> My name is somebody's <laughs> okay. working out right now listening to you, okay? Because I'm sure you've got gym rats that are a part of your audience. Timetoerupt.com. Timetoerupt.com. It'll take you right to a really killer character assessment for people that want to be optimized. It's a nice place to really do that self-awareness we talked about earlier. Um, that's primarily where I, I want people to go. And then they can peruse the philosophies, the insights that I've discovered through these life experiences, working with high-powered leaders across industries. They can read those blog posts, those articles. I developed an uh, created an article, I should say, wrote one uh, called Helping Versus Optimizing. Understanding the differences is important for you on your path to ultimate success. So they can go there. Time to erupt.com, start there. Um, you, I think you and I, maybe we're not yet connected on linkedin.com forward slash Wiley McGraw. That's the other place. But yeah, it was a labor of love, brother, with that website. So, uh, you know, I want people that are very intrigued by understanding more of my mindset and where, how I approach human, true human performance acceleration. There's so much value in the philosophy and insights that are just grounded in truth that really will challenge the way they think so that they can start to apply different aspects for themselves. And those that are really intrigued by it, it's like I'm always willing to have a conversation. My contact information's there. If you're feeling just this drive and you're enticed, why wait? Just pick up the yeah. phone. I don't care. It doesn't matter whether we work together. I want to talk to people who are inspired, who want to have mm. real-world conversation, who are truly willing to lean into the intensity that they might feel after they get done listening to your show today. That's incredible. Yeah, guys, we'll get all that uh, plugged down there. I do have a LinkedIn page. I don't do anything with it current currently. It's it's live. It, it's it's sure. carried over from some of the time I spent in corporate uh, the corporate world. But I'll definitely get that connected with you. I'll I'll share that. I'll I'll link down the, the website there as well. So yeah, Wiley. You know, as as we bring it home here, we do have uh, we have one question we like to end every single episode with. Obviously, the title of the show is the Superman Life. I talked about it a little bit here, kind of at the beginning. Uh, you know this. Everything I'm doing today between the show, between the coaching and, you know, all of the content that we created has, has kind of, you know, come out of kind of my own personal story and, and, you know, my own transformation. But when I talk about living a superhuman life, for me, Wiley, it's really a belief system. It's how I try to approach really every single day. And it is coming from that understanding or that belief that I do believe we're all created for a very specific purpose, but that's not enough. Like we can't just say, yeah, God made me, he gave me this purpose and now I'm just going to live it out. We have to be willing to do the work. We have to be willing to face the challenge, seek sure. adversity, step into the unknown, overcome, overcome those fears. And it's in doing all of that work. It's in building our body. It's in challenging our mind that we ultimately align ourselves with our purpose. And then outside of that becomes living 
our own superhuman life. So that's the way that I define it. But I like to end it with, with, with getting the guests to share it with us. So while as we bring it home here today, how would you define living a superhuman life? Ooh. Well, I'm glad that you shared what you shared because it's, it's absolutely, it, it's being willing to even challenge your own beliefs because understanding that our beliefs are, are there to direct us towards truth. It's not truth itself. You find that you will evolve fervently. You will constantly become more and more optimized version of yourself is where you truly can actually transform the world around you. So superhuman life for me, when I hear it all the time from the biohackers to the personal development gurus is truly every area of your life is in fact optimized. I'm talking about true balance where your health, your relationships, your focus, your mindset, your clarity, your faith, whatever that might be, is in a place where it accentuates you, where it adds to you, when it makes you even more, I would say, manageable when it comes to the stresses and the intensities that life does bring to us with these different relationships that we might engage in. So for me, a superhuman life is truly, are you optimized in every area or are you hyper-focused on only one thing, hoping that that translates into every other aspect of your life once you have accomplished that one thing? And if you're willing to actually live, like you said, a superhuman life, you've got to be willing to be challenged, even your own beliefs, even your own way of, of approaching life. And you have to be willing to be stretched in the most uncomfortable ways so that you can, in fact, know what it's like to experience that peace and that freedom with your successes. So well said. Wiley McGraw, brother. Thank you. Thank you Absolutely. so much. Absolutely. Thank uh, you for having me on today. Yeah, guys out there, if you are new here, we want to thank you for joining us. If it's your first time, uh, thank you. We don't know how you found us, but if you enjoyed today's episode, if you enjoyed this conversation, you can help us grow and support this, this mission in one of two ways. First off, whether you're new or you've been around for a while, if you haven't left us a five-star rating or one-star, you know, we're open to, to one-star. We're open to finding out where we can prove. Just a favor, drop in a five-star rating, a written review. But more importantly, if somebody is in your life today and they need to hear this message, whether they're going through some of the challenges that we're facing or they're, they're not clear on, on what maybe their purpose or their, their, their life's destination is, and maybe they need to hear the challenge and get pushed a little bit to seek some of that discomfort, to overcome some of those challenges and step into that unknown, do us a favor and do them the blessing by sharing this conversation with them. But for Frank Rich, Wally McGall, we, we love you guys. We'll see you next time.